You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Jeremiah 45. I'm going to uh, try to finish up this uh, book of Jeremiah. We're not going to go through every chapter of these last few. These are all judgments that Jeremiah preaches to some of the other nations surrounding Judah. Um, In the new year, I'm planning to start a series on the uh, book of Revelation. We did that about five or six years ago, Uh, but uh, I feel like the Lord would have us to do that in 2022, and primarily because I believe Jesus is coming back soon, and I think we need to be ready. And uh, I think the book of Revelation for the Christian, it doesn't scare you. Uh, It gets you fired up, gets you motivated, gets you excited. Uh, But for those that are unsaved, the book of Revelation is very scary. uh, Because obviously we know that a person that rejects Christ will spend eternity in hell. But even before that, those who go through uh, the tribulation period and who have rejected Christ as Savior, they're going to experience things on this earth that have never been experienced before. Uh, The Holocaust the world wars, uh, the plagues, the pestilence, the famine, none of that will even come close uh, to what will take place during the tribulation. And uh, that's another reason to be ready because uh, we want people to know for sure that they're going to heaven, that they'll escape uh, that tribulation and escape the wrath and the judgment of God. But for tonight, I want you to look at Jeremiah 45. This is a very unique chapter. It's a chapter that, of course, uh, God gives Jeremiah this message And I want you to notice what it says in verse 1. The word that Jeremiah the prophet spake unto Barak. Interesting. Most of the time, Jeremiah is preaching to the house of Judah. He is preaching to the people of God. He's preaching uh, at the gate of the temple. He is preaching at the temple. And he's preaching to the people. But here is a message specifically for one person. Isn't that amazing to think? that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Jeremiah had a message for just one person. This message has application for others, but this message is for one man. Can I tell you, that's the kind of God we serve. He's got a message for you. He's got something to say to you. He's got something to say to me. He cares about each of us individually. Say, well, pastor, we're all here together and you're just preaching one message to all of us. You're right. I'm preaching one message to all of us. But as I'm preaching, the Holy Spirit's got something specifically for your life. And God knows exactly what you need. And God can show you and he can make it very clear. I've sat in services and as I was sitting in the service, I thought, how does the pastor know that about me? Who told him? Did my wife tell him? Uh, Did my family tell him? Did somebody tell him? No, nobody told him except God told him. And God gave that pastor, that preacher, the words to say that I needed for that exact situation that I was going through. That's the way God speaks. That's the way God works. The message came unto Barak, the son of Neriah. That's interesting. Neriah, Barak's father, had another son. The other son that he had was Sariah, And Sariah was a man who worked in the palace as a chamberlain. 
And so the Bible records for us that Barak is the son of Neriah. And then uh, a Jewish historian by the name of Josephus makes the connection that another one of Neriah's sons worked in the palace. And so here you see one brother is preaching or, or writing the messages that are preached by Jeremiah. And the other brother is working in the palace. We'll talk about that in a moment. But Barak had written these words in a book at the mouth of Jeremiah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, unto thee, O Barak, thou didst say, Woe is me now, for the Lord hath added grief to my sorrow. I fainted in my sighing, and I find no rest. Ooh. Imagine how that was going for Barak. Barak is writing the messages just like other times. And he says, all right, Jeremiah, fire away. I'm ready. Go ahead and tell me what do I need to write. Jeremiah said, well, the word, came, word of the Lord came into me saying, Barak. Oh, that's me. Whoa, this is different from the other ones I've been writing. And then it goes on to say, God says, Barak, that I heard when you said, woe is me now for the Lord hath added grief to my sorrow. I fainted in my sighing, and I find no rest. I wonder if Barak was thinking, oh, couldn't we have quoted something else? I said some really good stuff one time. Do we have to put this in here? It's the, the time that I was discouraged. It was the time that I was ready to quit. It was the time that I was feeling sorry for myself. Now, we never do that. Oh, no, not us. We would never throw ourselves a pity party. We'd never complain. We'd never think that we're the only ones that have it hard. Oh, yes, we would. And oh, yes, we do. Somebody help me. We've all been there. And God records what Barak had said. And God lets him know. He said, hey, I was listening. I heard. I'm here. I know what's going on. Verse number four Thus shalt thou say unto him, The Lord saith thus, Behold, that which I have built will I break down, and that which I have planted I will pluck up even this whole land. God says to Barak, he says, Hey, you're, you're frustrated because Jerusalem is going to be destroyed. You're frustrated because the, the people of Judah are going to be carried captive from Judah to Babylon, and you're all frustrated, but God says, Barak, whatever I build, I can tear it down if I want to. And whatever I plant, I can pluck it up if I want to. And friend, I want to remind you that anything good in our lives is all because of God. And I'll quote the, uh, the great words from the man named Job. He said this, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God's goodness is not based upon how much stuff we have. God's goodness is not based on how much we think that we're doing good. God's goodness is based upon his character. And it's based upon the fact that God has been better to us than we will ever deserve or ever imagine. Verse number five, God goes on to speak to Barak and he says, and seekest thou great things for thyself? That's an interesting question. We'll come back to that. 
God goes on to say to Barak, he says, seek them not. For behold, I will bring evil upon all flesh, saith the Lord, but thy life will I give unto thee for a prey in all places whither thou goest. Lord, I pray you'd speak to us in these next few moments. And as we look at this man, Barak, a man who was behind the scenes, a man who was not in the spotlight, but yet you had a perfect plan for him and you had a purpose for him. And I pray that you would bless us and help us tonight. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. I'll give you a couple things to jot down about Barak, and I hope it'll be a help to you. Number one, I believe Barak was a friend. Now, some have said, and I think there's some validity to this, but some have said that Barak only helped Jeremiah because it was his job. And I think there may be some truth to that. But can I tell you, I don't think Barak was getting paid a whole lot to be the scribe for the prophet. I don't think Jeremiah had a, a great salary for Barak. I don't think he had a whole lot of benefits. As a matter of fact, we'll look in this, uh, this account, we'll see there was a lot that Barak did not get that he probably would have gotten elsewhere. But Barak, I believe, was a friend. He was faithful to Jeremiah. He worked alongside of Jeremiah. And God used Barak in a great, great way. Can I tell you this? I think it's important that we have some friends who will draw us closer to God rather than push us away. You know, for Barak, I don't know, maybe he just saw Jeremiah and said, that's the kind of person I want to be around. I want to be around somebody that knows God. I want to be around somebody that stands for right. I want to be around somebody that stands for the truth. I don't know if that's how it happened, but I'll tell you this, that's the kind of person I want to be around. I want to be around somebody that loves God, somebody that knows God. I want to be a friend to those kind of people. And I cherish and I value friendship from those people. A friend is loyal. Barak, we see, was not just a friend to Jeremiah in the good times. You say, how do you know that? Because Jeremiah had a lot of bad times. He had a lot of times that he was not popular. He had a lot of messages he preached that the people hated his guts for it. But Barak stayed alongside of Jeremiah. The Bible says a friend loveth at all times. I hope we will be that kind of a friend. You know, anybody can hang around somebody and be around somebody when things are going good. But what happens when your friends go through hard times? What happens when your friends go through some difficulties? I hope that we do even more during those times to show and to prove our loyalty and our friendship. Get around some people that will help you. Get around some friends that are faithfully serving God. Get around some friends who are devotedly loving their family and selflessly caring for others. That's the kind of friends we need. And Barak had a friend and was a friend to Jeremiah. Number one, the word is friend, I want you to see. Number two, I think you know this, but Barak was faithful. Barak was a man who was faithful to serve God and serve Jeremiah, even though he was behind the scenes. Barak's name, this, there's a few different Barak's, but this Barak in, in Jeremiah is found 23 times in the whole book of 52 chapters. 
The name Jeremiah is found in the Bible over a hundred times. Over four times more Jeremiah's name is listed. And by the way, who did the physical writing of the book of Jeremiah? It was Barak. Who did the work? It was Barak. But who got their name on the book? It was Jeremiah. You know, I think that could have been a cause for jealousy maybe. Could have been a cause for somebody to be upset and say, man, I'm not appreciated and, and, and nobody really notices what I do. But that's not what happened to Barak. Barak stayed faithful to serve God. Barak stayed faithful to God, to the work of God. Barak stayed faithful even when he went unnoticed. Barak stayed faithful even when he had to endure hardships for many years, nearly five decades of ministry. And Barak stayed faithful. We had on Sunday, we had a missionary family that was just passing through. I'd, I'd never met him till Sunday morning after the early service. He came up and shook my hand, introduced himself. And can I tell you, my heart was so blessed when he started telling me where, who, he, who he was and where he was going. And he said, we've been on the field for 39 years. Can I tell you, that's the way we all ought to plan to finish. Faithful, serving God, not just for a few days, but serving God for a lifetime. Barak risked his life. There was at one time when Jeremiah was threatened with death. And so Jeremiah said, Barak, I want you to write down this message and I want you to go and I want you to preach it to the people. Well, guess what? They're trying to kill Jeremiah. So he's hiding out and he sends Barak and he says, why don't you go? Why don't you go tell him the message? Why don't you go deliver the message? Imagine for Barak thinking, thanks a lot, buddy. They're trying to kill you, so you're hiding out, and you're sending me out there like, you know, a, a, a lamb among wolves, but yet he was willing to risk his life. He was willing to face opposition. He was willing to stay faithful even when he wanted to quit. I know our assistant pastors are out tonight with the children's ministries and security and all that and the teens, but I want to tell you, this is Pastor Appreciation Month. I want to tell you, I could not do what I do were it not for our assistant pastors. You know, many times they don't get the credit. Many times people don't even know what they do, but you know what? They're faithful and they're faithful to serve God. I think about our church members. I think about people in this church and I promise you there are people in this church that have worked faithfully in a ministry for years and years and years and you have no idea what they do. But guess who does know what they do? The Lord knows. And there may be times that I don't express the appreciation like I should, or you don't express, express the appreciation to the nursery workers, or the junior church, or the bus workers, or the music, or the sound men, or the video, or the radio. And we may not appreciate them down here like we should. But I want to tell you, they're not going unnoticed in heaven. I'll promise you that. Your labor, God said, is not in vain in the Lord. Barak was faithful. I thank the Lord for our assistant pastors. I thank the Lord for the privilege that I had for several years to be an assistant pastor for my dad. I thank the Lord for the privilege I had to be an assistant to a college president and the uh, privilege I had to be an assistant to a pastor. And can I tell you, uh, I I'm thankful for those opportunities, but I think I also know that those jobs are not easy. 
Those jobs take some work. Those jobs require some faithfulness day in and day out. I wonder for Barak, I wonder if it was ever tempting to see his brother working in the palace. I wonder if it was ever tempting for him to think, you know what? In the palace, he's got the, the notoriety. In the palace, he's got a good salary. He's got all the best foods you could ask for. He is safe. Nobody's going to get in the palace and mess with him. He's protected. And I wonder if that was ever an issue for Barak. And I tell you, sometimes that can be an issue for us. You see people out in the world that are not serving God, and you think, boy, I can't imagine if I didn't serve the Lord, boy, I'd have all my Sundays. I could sleep in. I could go fishing. I could go golfing. I could do whatever I want to do. I could work more overtime. I could make more money. Uh, Sunday night, boy, I could relax. Wednesday night, I could be at home watching the Andy Griffith show or whatever's on TV on Wednesday nights. I could be doing all those things. And I want to say, yes, you could. But I'll tell you this, you'll never be happy. And I will never be happy if we're not doing what God has called us to do. Can I tell you, I thank you and I commend you for your faithfulness in being in church and your faithfulness in serving God. Barak was a man that showed us how to be faithful, even when you're not rewarded down here. Barak's job at times probably seemed boring. Can you imagine how that would be? You have to listen to a sermon, but can you imagine if you had to write down every word? That'd be a long, that'd be a long time. And some of Jeremiah's sermons were pretty long. And Barak didn't have, uh, he didn't have a computer. He didn't have voice dictation, you know. Barak's trying to write it with a, a, a pen and, and quill, and he's trying to get it on the parchment. He's thinking, Jeremiah, slow down, buddy. Probably not very exciting at times. Probably difficult, probably tedious. At times, his job was dangerous. Jeremiah 36, we talked about that. But Barak was faithful. Number one, he was a friend. Number two, he was faithful. Number three, we see that there was a time that Barak was fainting. When I mean fainting, I don't mean like that he was, you know, passing out. I mean he was ready to quit. He was seriously contemplating throwing in the towel. It says in verse number three, he said, Woe is me now, for the Lord hath added grief to my sorrow. He said, I already had sorrow, and now I've got grief on top of it. And I had fainted in my sighing, and I, I could find no rest. He was discouraged, and he wanted to quit. Can I tell you, when you're discouraged and you want to quit, I'm glad that God has not forgotten us, and I'm glad that God is listening. I wonder if when Barak said those words, I wonder if he felt like God doesn't even care. God doesn't even know what I'm going through. Uh, God, God has forgotten about me. And do you think it's any coincidence that God actually quoted him saying those exact words as if to say, hey, Barak, when you were at your lowest, I was tuned in to everything you had to say. Barak, I was aware of everything you ever felt. Maybe Barak didn't even verbalize these things. Maybe he just thought these things. But God said, Barak, I have never left you and I've never forsaken you. I'm thankful that God is listening. I'm thankful that God has a message for the individual. 
I'm thankful that God is the one that is in control. He said, I'll, I'll build it up, but I'll tear it down. I'll plant it and I'll pluck it up. I'll do whatever I choose. Barak, number one, was a friend. Number two, he was faithful. Number three, we see he was fainting. But number four, we see Barak's focus. Notice in verse number five, God asks Barak a very uh, soul-searching question. He says, Barak, he says, are you seeking great things for yourself? Now, I believe it's great. I think it's wonderful to seek great things for the Lord, for others. But sometimes if we're not careful, we allow the focus to come back on us, don't we? And if we were honest with ourselves, we'd say, well, the reason I really want all these things to work is because it'll make me look good. It'll make my life more comfortable. It'll make things better for me. Can I tell you, that's not why Jesus came. He didn't come to seek and to save how he could help himself. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And God help us not to be a, a self-seeking uh, a person, but God help us to be an others-seeking and a God-seeking person. I want to ask you tonight, what are you seeking? Or maybe I should say, whom are you seeking? Are you seeking great things for yourself? If you're seeking great things for you, if I'm seeking great things for me, then something's wrong. Matthew 6, I think answers this question very well. It says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Number four, we see the focus. Focus on what God wants. Focus uh, on, on, on what God uh, is doing, not what everybody else is doing, not on your own selfish gain or selfish, selfish ambitions. Number five, quickly, I see in all this that although God was going to destroy Judah and God was going to destroy the nations surrounding Judah, God promised that he would spare Barak's life. Number five, I see that God was faithful. Not only was Barak faithful to serve for all those years, but guess who else was faithful? God came through and God was faithful. Notice this word. I want you to see it in verse number five. God says that I'm going to bring evil upon all flesh. And he says, but thy life, Barak, you, your life will I give unto thee for a prey. That word prey is an interesting word, P-R-E-Y. It literally means a prize. It literally means God is saying, hey, I'm going to destroy Judah. I'm going to destroy Babylon. I'm going to destroy Egypt. I'm going to destroy all these nations around. But God said, I'm going to protect you. And can I tell you, you and I may be in the midst of a world that is facing the judgment of God. But aren't you glad that God is still able to deliver us? He is still able to protect us. He is still able to help us no matter what is going on around us. Kind of reminds me of the children of Israel in Egypt. Remember when that angel, the death angel, passed over all of the houses there in Egypt except for those that had the blood applied to their doorposts because God said, when I see the blood, he said, I'll pass over you. Aren't you so glad that no matter what's going on in this world, God is able to protect us, 
God is able to take care of us and he is always faithful. He says, I'll give you your life for a prey or for a prize. He said, in all places, whither thou goest. Hallelujah for that. He said, Barak, you can try me on that one. It doesn't matter where you go. He said, I'm going to take care of you everywhere and anywhere because God has that kind of power and God has that kind of jurisdiction. You may have some friends in Halifax County. You might feel pretty good in Halifax County if something happened. But maybe you get outside of the county or maybe you cross over the state line and maybe all of a sudden that speeding ticket, no testimonials, please. We don't need any of those, but... That speeding ticket all of a sudden, oh, this is a problem. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter where you go when God's protecting you. He'll be with you in all places, whether thou goest. We see that God was protecting. God's promises were faithful. God's plan was faithful. He says, Barak, he says, I'm going to protect you. He said, you're not going to get all the great things for yourself that you wanted. But he said this, he said, I'm going to take care of you. I want to ask you this. What good are riches if you can't spend them? What good are possessions if you can't enjoy them? And it's almost as if God is saying, Barak, if you had all the riches piled up in the bank or all the riches piled up, uh, you know, under your furniture in your house, it's not going to do you any good because the Babylonians are coming. But God said, I'm going to do something better for you than give you possessions or give you riches. He said, I'm going to protect you and I'm going to take care of you and I'm going to spare your life even in the midst of judgment. Can I tell you this? And I'll close with this. I believe that Barak experienced, number six, a fruitful life. The name Barak, I did not know this until I was studying for this message. I should have looked it up earlier. I never did. The name Barak literally means blessed doesn't mean rich. It doesn't mean wealthy. doesn't mean you got a lot of power, but it just means blessed. And Barak was a blessed man because he had the protection of God. He had the promises of God. Barak got one thing from the Lord. God said, I'm going to spare you. I'm going to take care of you, and I'm going to give you your life as a prize, as a prey. If all... God did for us, if all he ever did for us was to say, I'm going to give you eternal life. I'm going to give you everlasting life. Now, you may not have a lot down here. You may not have a lot in your bank account. You may not have a, a, a fancy house or a fancy car. You may not have a 401k. You may not have this great retirement. You may not have that, but I'm going to give you eternal life. How many of you think that'd be pretty amazing? Can I tell you, that's more than we deserve. And everything else that we have, everything else that God gives us, is just icing on the cake. It's just far above, far beyond anything we could ask or think. I'm still amazed that God would give me salvation. I don't deserve it. Never have, never will. It's a gift. Say, so what did it cost? It cost God his only son, dying on an old rugged cross. And if that's all God ever gave you, 
you and I would still be blessed. And Barak was a man who was faithful and God used him and he was blessed. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.